like to, you know, encourage people to think about if they can't find their, you know, their purpose, a good place to start is where your burden is. And something that's very. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got to interrupt you right there. Okay. <laughs> Say that again slower for the people okay. in the back of the church who might not okay. have heard you. That was okay. good. Okay. So sometimes there's the, one of life's biggest questions, right, is what am I here for? What was I born to do? What is my calling? And I always say, if you want to kind of do some type of reverse engineer to get at least cl as close to that as you possibly can, um, it would be to think about where is your burden in society? What is something that bothers you about society? How can you, what do you feel uh, uh, an urgency to change? And then you can start from there and then obviously branch out and see if that thing has an industry, a business, so forth. So I started. Yo, what's good, everybody? What's good? Happy Tuesday. Um, if you're listening to this on the way to work, if you're listening to this, you know, on your lunch break, whatever it is, I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, make sure that you go ahead and you just go give us a follow, right? Follow the show so you can tap in uh, anytime we drop new episodes. I'm super excited for today's conversation. Um, awesome, awesome media conglomerate <laughs> awesome just like she does a little bit of everything entrepreneur um and uh, i met her through uh david shans's uh, morning meetup uh awesome community that he has uh if you don't know david shans him and donnie wiggins are the host of the social proof podcast which is an awesome podcast that you can learn all things entrepreneurship mm -hmm. so today's guest is nisha rogers welcome to the show how are you feeling today thank you for having me i'm very excited i love your content so thank it's a pleasure you. to be in addition to your amazing content thank you for having me i appreciate it appreciate it um, i'm excited for this interview because uh you be doing you be doing a lot you be doing a lot i've been watching so um one thing that we do is we do some ice breakers right we do some ice breakers on this show um, so we're going to do two icebreakers with you before we get started off, okay? Okay. Uh, the first icebreaker is called Black Card Revoked. Our audience loves this, right? So this oh, is the God. segment where you tell me something that will get your Black Card Revoked. Uh, they they snatched my Black Card because I did not know how to... Uh, I didn't know how to do the electric slide, so they snatched my black card for me. Um, we've seen people get their black card snatched for not watching Poetic Justice. Um, mm -hmm. Some people put ketchup on their fried chicken, and they've got in their <laughs> black cards revoked. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. tell our audience, uh, we call them the culture holics. Tell okay. the culture holics what it is that you think mm -hmm. will get your black card revoked. Okay. Hey, Cultureholics. Um, same line. So yeah, like you just said, I'm a media conglomerate. I love movies and fascinated with the filmmaking process, but I have not seen all the way through a lot of black classic movies. Okay. Okay. Do you want me to name one or some? Yeah, man, because some, some movies, some movies that people say, Right, some people movie, some people, some movies that people say that will get them canceled might not because they're like cult classic black movies. So, okay. like somebody said, Love Jones, and I was like, you know what? Oh yeah, that's a specific, that's a sector of people who like Love Jones. Yes, okay. but then when they said Poetic Justice, it was like, oh man. Yeah, that's a classic. So for me, mine is like a come on now, but okay. it's color purple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't seen the color purple all the way through, and even worse, I don't. I don't want to say the other one. This is embarrassing. I'm gonna go watch it. I'm not gonna say it. Come on, you gotta say it now. <laughs> no judgment. Judgment okay, free zone. Coming to America. Okay, so that one. Okay, That's so so bad. for me, That's bad. anybody who knows me knows like I'm like I have like a strong dislike towards like slave movies. So I don't blame you for color purple is is what it is, right? If you had it been like roots, I would have been like, okay. okay. I don't blame you, but coming to America, wow. That's I know, I know. I need to fix that. Like, you just never like had interest in watching it? I I know I've seen it, but I haven't like all the way through. Like I know like the basics, like what it's about. But sometimes yeah. it would be like saying key lines and I'd just be like, ah, and I don't know like what they're talking about. You're like okay. No, my husband hates that. He hates that part about me. I need to. I need to. I need to tap in for sure. Yeah, definitely check out Coming to America. It's a great movie. Um, it's a classic. 
it is. Class. I've yeah. seen it like here and there. Like as I'm right. like, looking through the channel, I'll watch it, but like from beginning to end, no. Okay. All right. Black Heart Revolt, y'all. Um, I mean, I feel like I know what the Culturalics are gonna say, but let us know in the poll. Um, does not seeing coming to America get your black card revoked? Let mm. us know. Mm. Next thing we're gonna do, we're gonna play a real quick round of um we're gonna play a quick round of yeah, let's do that one. We are gonna do name association. So when I give you a name, only thing I really need you to do is uh tell me what you think when you hear that name, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Oprah Winfrey. Iconic. Issa Rae. Hilarious. Ava DuVernay. Pretty. Ava DuVernay. No, I'm sorry. That's the filmmaker. I thought you were saying Ava Longoria. Okay. Ava DuVernay is... Um, um, like multi, multi-faceted, multi-talented. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm doing here with these names, right? <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, where are we at? Jordan Peele. Genius. I like that. Wendy Williams. Ah, uh, what is the word I would describe to her? Um, um, does that have to be one word or can it be a description? No. Um, I feel like she owns the she owns being the bad guy and she does a good job at it. Mm, I like that. She owns being the bad guy and she does a good job at that. Yeah. I like that. Um yeah, we'll go there. Lena Waif. Hmm. First thought that comes to mind when I think about her is Silent Assassin. Ooh. Silent Assassin. Yeah. Why do you say that? I like that. Because she's dope, but you have to really know. She makes she makes a lot of quiet moves. She's mm. very smart. She's very strategic. Um, she doesn't have to. She's not loud, but she makes mm -hmm. a lot of noise. So to speak. I like that. Ooh, yeah. That's good. Charlemagne the God. <laughs> um, smart. Smart. Okay. And last, but certainly not least, Nisha Rogers. <laughs> um, clever. Clever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, Culture Holics. This has been our, you yeah. know, real quick water, you know, uh, what's not water break, uh, icebreaker for the day. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break. All right. We're going to take a real quick break and then we are going to get right into the conversation. You are listening to the conversations for the culture and we, we, we will be back after this. All right. Yo, what's good? What's good? I know that you're loving the show, but before you move on, I need you to give us a rating and a review. Yes, pull that phone out. Give us a rating and a review. Why? Because when you give us a rate, when you give us a review, this podcast gets pushed out to more people. And I know that you love the combo. So please, please, please let somebody else love the combo as well. That's all. That's all I wanted. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We are here with my guest, uh, Nisha Rogers, um, and we're just going to get right into it, okay? We're going to get right into it. Uh, she has an amazing podcast find, called Find Your Niche, which is spelled like her name, which is really brilliant. Um, and she does just some crazy things with her production company, uh, Free Your Mind Productions. Um, so we're just going to get into it. Um, so first of all, um, I want to know where, where where did your love for interviewing, where did your love from doing videography, like these type of things, um, where did that start? Was that an adult thing? Was it college? Was it high school? Or was this something that's been with you since your childhood years? Yeah. So long-term goal is I want to be, a, I'm going to be, let me rephrase, I'm going to be a late night talk show host. So ever, yeah, ever since I was young, around 13, I've always known that. But I never was able to kind of figure out how the dots were going to connect. I just have a very, very high level of faith in God and, and you know, being able to position myself and strategize mm -hmm. and work for it at the same time. 
But I'm like, how am I going to get there? Like, I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but how is that going to happen? Lo and behold, fast forward. I've done a lot of media stuff, but fast forward specifically to almost two years ago now. Um, I was in a workplace and one of my fellow coworkers, my colleagues, who's kind of my, my one of my media mentors, says to me, all right, so on Tuesday, we're going to shoot your podcast. And I'm like, well, I don't have a podcast. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. said, well, you do now. Like, well, you will by Tuesday, basically. And I'm like, oh. Hey, like, all right, so it is what it is. And I never had anybody kind of thrust me into that. I never thought of having a podcast. Um, but now that I'm thinking about it, it definitely makes sense. And it's definitely in trajectory to get me to that final destination of, you know, eventually becoming a late night talk show host. So then the first thing I had to think about was, okay, well, what is my podcast going to be about? Like, oh, I'm just having a, this was, mind you, this was like, you know, a four day turnaround kind of thing. Really, I think he told me oh, on Friday. Yeah, he told me on Friday you're gonna shoot your podcast Tuesday. So I'm like, okay, I go home Friday night, start thinking about well, what is it gonna be? What is it gonna be about? What is gonna be called? And one of the biggest passions of mine, and really, I would like to you know encourage people to think about if they can't find their you know their purpose, a good place to start is where your burden is, and something that's very. Whoa, 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 whoa. I gotta interrupt you right okay. there. Okay. <laughs> Say that again slower for the people. Okay in the back of the church who might not okay. have heard you. That was good. Okay, so sometimes there's the, one of life's biggest questions, right, is what am I here for? What was I born to do? What is my calling? And I always say, if you want to kind of do some type of reverse engineer to get at least cl- as close to that as you possibly can, um, it would be to think about where is your burden in society? What is something that bothers you about society? How can you, what do you feel a, a, an urgency to change? And then you can start from there and then obviously branch out and see if that thing has an industry, a business, so forth. So I started thinking about that same question for myself. And a big burden for me is when people don't know and people don't believe that they even have a calling. And so it started there. So then I started thinking about, okay, well, how can I just make it a little bit more fun? How can I spin it a little bit so it's not so, I don't know, cliche. And so I started to think about your purpose, your calling your industry your niche and then i'm like oh my god and my name is niche and like i said like i love what i love i'm a wordist so i just love playing around with words and playing around with copy so then i'm like okay that makes sense finding your niche with niche um and here we are so my podcast i help people i bring people on who have found their niche and Mm -hmm. hopefully through their stories they encourage you to kind of do the same kind of exploration through their failures and successes um maybe through that you'll also be able to be sparked or spurred on to finding your own niche. When did you start your podcast? I started my podcast 20, did I start it 2020? Nope. I, I started it. No. Yeah. 2021. So a little over yep. a year. Yeah. So February, 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Okay. So you started, fe- I'm going somewhere with this, right? I already knew the answer to that question. Um, But I'm going somewhere from this because a lot of people are like, oh, and I know this for myself. It's like, you feel like, talk to me about how you started. Because I know for me with the podcast, I am, I'm actually two years too late, right? Now, I don't, I'm not somebody who believes in you're late because I believe God puts us where we need to be on time. But I also say we can, I also believe we can move out of time. We can move out of season and not do what he tells us to do when he does it. So when I say too late, I got the idea of conversations for the culture before the pod, before the pandemic even started. Right. Yes. Like that fall. But then when the pandemic started, I was like, Oh, I can't do it because I had an idea in my head. I wanted to be in this big studio. Like I wanted it to be a certain place and I didn't start off in, now here we are and you know i started in january yeah. and we're moving like this we're growing like this so for you can you talk to me about the whole process you kind of talked about it a little bit of just starting and not mm-hmm. like what was that process was it hard were you worried about you know not looking um, at the other yes, and, yes and no because i'm kind of like you i and I, I love what you're saying about kind of being out of out of season for what God, where God has placed you. And I think a big caveat to that is dependent is there's a high dependency upon how prompt you are to be obedient when you hear something. And mm-hmm. I feel like I might hear something, but then Nisha kicks in and I'm like, I don't have all, you know, I'm big on aesthetics. I'm big on qualities. I'm like, I don't have all the ducks and yeah. I just start. I don't like doing that. So sometimes I get in my own way and like, 
not procrastinate, but I push it back until everything is ready. So that was mm-hmm. a factor at first. But then something else was like, you have to try to like put yourself aside and think about all the people who will be on the other side of the lens who will hear your story or on the other side of the microphone who will, on the speakers who will hear your story and try to put them first and go with that. So yeah, so one, I happen to be in a space where um, I was able to kind of use their content room um, for free to be able to shoot my first couple of episodes. And then I got my own content space. Um, and then now I can, you know, shoot my episodes whenever I want. I just have a lot of, a, a lot of creative liberties, um, having my own space. And, um, I just recently invested in, a, in my own set. And so yes. it started off, my process was like, I really just started, it started off as something like, oh, this is just fun. Cause I naturally like talking to people. Um, so I just like having conversations. I didn't really think like, I don't know. I just like, I'm just going to do it, see how it goes and have fun with it along the way. Lo and behold, I'm a really good interviewer. People really enjoy the content. Yeah. People really um, become vulnerable and transparent when they're in front of me. And so now I'm like, oh, wow, there's something. Okay, I think I'm on to something. Um, and so I just started to be really strategic about who I have on the show, how I do the show. Like, for instance, I don't do I do not do any virtual interviews. All of my interviews are only in person. Um, and just thinking about what do I want? The, what do I want the experience to be for the person watching? Like, how do I want them to interact with the brand? You know, how do mm-hmm. I want them to interact with me? And so just been being very intentional about that. Um, and yeah, so yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. That's that's one of my definitely one of my goals in the next year to get our studio space. Um yeah. but once again, you gotta make it do what it do until you get to that point. Absolutely. Um, I feel like a lot of people wait until they get a studio space and then yeah. They um just they all that time they could be building something. That's I cool. always tell people build where you are, because when you build where you are, God could bless you where you are, and Very then He can give you more to build in bigger places. So like that's so important. Mm-hmm. Very true. I was listening to you know I've been you know I listen to your podcast here and there when I can. I listen to so many podcasts, so it'd be hard to keep no. up. <laughs> be, you know how that be? It'd be hard to yes. keep up, but um. Yes. So one, I definitely agree. I said it at the beginning before we started, like when I said to my, our producer, Lizzie, that you were a master interviewer. But like, that's a real thing, right? Because in interviewing, you got to know how to ask the right questions. You know, you got to know how to pivot, like all of these things, right? And I'm learning that as I do this. And like yeah. so our Tuesday episodes are just interviews. Friday episodes is like a recap a culture recap. We talk about things that happen in, you know, the culture, but Tuesdays is specifically just interviews now. Um, okay. and it's, it's been fun because, you know, it's like, okay, you're really getting to, you know, learn about people and learn what they do mm-hmm. and having powerful, impactful conversations. To somebody who's like, hey, I want to start a podcast and I don't really want my podcast to just be me talking or I don't want my podcast to be um, just me and my co-host just talking about stuff. I want to interview people. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that, that you would tell people, like advice that you would give someone who wants to do a podcast that's more interview styled? More interview styles. Also, okay, so a couple of tips, and this is the and, you know, and I I think about this a lot. Maybe eventually I'll get there to offering this as an actual product or service of actually mm-hmm. like teaching people how to do it. But um, some a couple of just like basic tips that I would give you that I would give anyone is actually like do your research um, on the person that's coming in. It sounds obvious, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes people just have people come on and they kind of wing it. And sometimes you can tell. Um, I would obviously say do your research. <laughs> My background is in news and broadcasting. So mm-hmm. I'm familiar with like how to um, not investigate, but kind of like, I guess, go to the next level when it comes to researching a subject or talking to a subject. So one, one of the different things that I do like to do is if I happen to know that person, like if that person's kind of in my circle, I usually will also reach out to somebody else who knows that person and I'll interview that person like a pre-interview um, so that I can just have like a different context or I can have information about that person um, mm. that is well, what they would find surprising for me to know. They would have, they would right. understand that. Oh, well, you did your research. You're like, how did you know that kind of thing? And right. so um, that's one thing that I do. Another thing that I um, would tell somebody if they want to get better at interviewing is to, um, I also do a pre-interview. Sometimes, I, sometimes if time allows, I'll do a pre-interview with the subject and I always do ask them at the end, is there anything that you don't want to talk about? 
because that is actually the worst predicament that you want to be in is asking somebody a question in the middle of the interview and they uh, immediately become defensive and the interview gets awkward because you didn't ask, like, is there anything you don't want to talk about? We saw uh, that with Kalani recently. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So always ask if you get the chance to talk to them, is there anything you don't want to talk about just to kind of like get that off? Now, as I will say, the third tip that I'll give, there's a lot of tips, but I'll just give one more. The third tip that I would give is to know your level of responsibility, right? You have a responsibility to your guest and you also have a responsibility to the audience. And so at the same time, while that person may not want to um, talk about a certain thing, the audience still wants to know about it. So you have mm -hmm. to figure out, they want to know certain things about the guest that maybe the guest is not 100% comfortable talking to or exploring, or maybe they are, you just have to kind of go on a limb and ask the question. Um, but you have to have, play a balancing act. I think a good interviewer does a really good job at making the guests feel comfortable and the audience feel satisfied. And so it. it's kind of um, that kind of game that you have to play uh, when you're interviewing and um, yeah, making sure that everybody leaves happy. I love that. I love that. That's one of the objectives. So like one of the things on the show that we do here, y'all are getting, she just gave y'all like a mini masterclass. So I hope you're taking notes. Okay. Um, one of the things that we do here on the show um, is always, you know, I want people to walk away after listening to the show with some form of education, mm -hmm. right? Some form of inspiration or motivation and some form of entertainment. So like when I'm going into the interviews and when I'm like, okay, this person is going to be on, this person isn't going to be on. I'm like, so um, I did an interview with somebody in who's in STEM, right? And she's a, she's a chemist. So I said, I want my audience out of anything today, one, be inspired by her story yeah. and two, be educated because we, you know, we deal with chemistry every single day with every single day what we eat, what we drink, what we use on our bodies, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't yeah. know what really goes into it. So as I'm getting prepared for this, um, as I'm getting prepared for the interview, I'm like, okay, what questions did I, can I ask that's going to inspire maybe the young girl, the young boy who wants to be a chemist? When mm -hmm. you know, What type of questions am I going to ask that's going to give people some type of education so they might go, let me go follow her so I can learn some stuff about this. So I mm -hmm. think that all factors in to the uh, interviewing process. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely um, agree. And I like that what you're saying, um, exposing, especially our community, exposing our community yeah. to different people who are in like very, very unique industries. Um, I think that's an important part. And, I, and that's kind of like what I'm trying to do with the show as a long-term goal is bring mm -hmm. people on who are very, who are in very um, specific niches who are in very in unusual niches and can kind of like expose people to that industry uh, with the hopes of maybe facilitating, I don't know, a conversation around whether or not that person wants to be involved in that industry. But yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. It's important. So I want to get to this next topic expeditiously. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? Because like, you know, there's there's people like so people will say things like you got to have a certain amount of followers and a certain amount of episode numbers before you get <laughs> certain interviews. Right. Yes. And you got to interview with Clifford T.I. Tip Harris. <laughs> I'm weak. Like, yeah. how did that happen? You know what? It's really funny. I get this question a lot and it's going to sound very silly. OK. You just ask. Huh? People are so afraid to ask. I said, you just ask. Mm. There's so much power in asking. Mm. Like, I can't even like, it's the worst that somebody could say is no. no. And then you, then you go on with your life and you find another guest. You have to believe in yourself. You have to have confidence in yourself and know that what you bring to the table is equally as valuable as what somebody else brings to the table. Wow. Just because somebody has a certain status or celebrity should not um, allow you to like withhold or push yourself back from feeling like you're worth it or feeling like you're capable of, you know, being able to even hold a conversation with somebody of that degree or of right. that caliber. So first I would say a lot of you guys just have to ask, like, I really just shoot my shot and see what happens. Obviously when you're going to ask, make sure that you are prepared. Um, make sure that you are, make sure you've positioned yourself for the yes when it does come. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just asking. And then a big, uh, not even big, I would say like a sneak part of it is actually being um, strategic. Yeah. Strategic and being confident and being willing to get a no. But I would say what's been to my benefit is I have a relationship with somebody, a part, a business relationship with someone. And um, he owns a magazine and I do all of the um, interviews for his magazine. So I'm his designated interview person. And he gets a lot of high caliber clients that want to be gotcha. on the magazine. And so I'm going to, that's going to be, an, that's always going to be like a, a revolving door kind of thing because I'll always get the top people that he has in the magazine. Um, and it helps for him because when we do these cover reveals, I do amazing interviews. So he gets to also offer that to the client. Hey, you get an, you get an amazing interview. Like it's not just like you're watered down. It's a really good interview right. of substance. Um, and then, and then I get an interview with somebody. So it, it kind of works out, but I would say um, not even just TI, but a lot of the other people that are pretty prominent people um, that I have coming on, um, it's just a result of asking and and relationships, networking. I love that relationships, strategic partnerships, mm -hmm. and real relationships yep. goes a long way. So, like a couple of weeks ago, I had um, Giovanni Samuels on the show. She's been for those of you who don't know Giovanni, she's on all that Freedom Riders, Sweet Life wow. of Zach and Cody, and that was just off of a relationship, right? Yep. Um, just in conversation with her. Um, I know somebody else who I'm going to have on the show soon, Tarana Jones from Empire, some other movies and whatnot. Super yeah. funny. Lady, does a lot for the community. And literally, it was that. It was just asking a question. So initially, I connected yeah. with her because um, I sent her um, a hoodie. She liked something on you know, on our clothing line pair. She's like, yo, I really like that. I said, hey, what's your size? Can I send you something? She, I sent it to her. She wore it. When wow. she wore it, I thanked her for it, woo, 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 right? And then yeah. I sent her some more gear, and she wore it again and shouted us out. Not only that, though, she does a lot for the community. So, like, she did an Easter egg hunt. So what did I do? I took myself and all of my brand ambassadors for the clothing line. We went out, and we volunteered at that. So that's mm. continuing to build those relationships because it's a lot of times yeah. we get in these rooms, and then I feel like we dishonor the room and we dishonor the relationship because it's mm -hmm. like, Oh, I got my interview, so I'm good. Oh, they wore my clothes, but I'm good. And it's like, there's no... Yeah, you definitely have to nurture the relationship. It yes. has to feel like it's reciprocated. Yes. It definitely has to be a reciprocal kind of thing, or else it's kind of like people will feel like you um, abuse them or, you know, took advantage of them in their stature. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay. Let's... Okay, so... Who are some of your inspirations when it comes to what you're doing? You know, when I think of like long term, when I think of myself, like I was telling you earlier, I do want to be a late night talk show host. The only difference between me is I feel like I'm really a mashup. I feel like I'm a mashup of between like Oprah and Jimmy Kimmel. Like I'm very, um, people can take me seriously. I can have very conscious conversations, but at the same time, I'm very um, kind of delightful and warm and likable. Mm -hmm. um and cool and funny and so i feel like i'm a mashup between those two so my inspirations would be obviously oprah jimmy kimmel jimmy fallon i love i and i study these people i love what ellen does um i like zane he does really good interviews um i think sometimes i do study charlemagne um who else would be an inspiration of mine those are the top people that are like immediately uh come into my head but yeah a couple of the goats i love that so you're kind of like me in a sense like i have like a mixture of people yeah i get that so like yeah. for me i think some of my inspirations in this game obviously my number one is and i and i overstand that he's highly problematic half the time <laughs> however what charlemagne has done for the culture yeah like you can't sleep on like what the breakfast club is yeah um I probably wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the Breakfast Club. Like, why? Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Just because. So, wow. it's just for what they've done for the culture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the platforms that they've given our our artists, our you know athletes, our yeah, everything. I think they were Phase Two of One Hundred Six and Park, basically. Of course, One Hundred Six and Park. Uh, but they AJ were like Green. Breakfast Club was like one of our one of like one of our because I was from that generation too, but right? Like, Today's 106 in Park is the Breakfast yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. AJ and Free, love them both. Um, and then there's other people who are like outliers, right? Just for because a lot of my content, we do have fun, we talk about entertainment stuff, but we're also really heavy in like political, social type stuff. Mm-hmm. So I love the Trevor Noahs, the John oh, Stewart. Brilliant, yeah. Um, and then I can be kind of um very abrasive at times, like a I don't a lot, I don't align with him, but like a Bill Maher, right? Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> that guy's a trip, but it's yeah. like these are people who aren't afraid to have tough conversations. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid if you, if you like them. They're not afraid if they offend you, right? They're right. going to stand on what they stand on. And um, mm-hmm. I feel like having those type of conversations, I feel like makes us better. Yeah, that's very true. I think they make us better. They make us, um, they evoke um, thoughts in us that maybe we haven't yet explored. Um, mm-hmm. which I love doing. That's my tagline that I say is I get people to talk about things they never spoke about and think about things they never thought of. And then when I do that, sometimes breakthroughs happen because that's the case I get with what people say, I've never told this story before or, wow, I never thought of, wow, I never thought about something that way or I never thought of the story that way. So yeah, I love people who are able to um, um, professionally challenge social yeah. norms and yeah. to kind of like have a rhetoric that kind of will facilitate a conversation that will essentially, you know, inspire change for the better. Um, so yeah, I like, I like people who do that. Those, those non-traditionalists who challenge traditional uh, thinking. I'm here for it. I love a good interviewer, right? Um, mm-hmm. I talked about him earlier um, and he's helped me out along the way. David Shands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I did not like B. Simone at all. Okay. Right. There was a time where I was like, like (laughs) I was just like, and I was just off of what I saw on social media, the controversies that were Mm -hmm. surrounding her, like go get a job, like she couldn't date a man with a regular job, and like all these different things, right? Where we take sound bites of people and then we crucify them for the sound bite without really listening and hearing. But it wasn't until we did that conference, the morning meetup conference down in Atlanta where I actually heard her story and heard her interview and heard the questions he asked her and seen how I'm like, I follow her. I follow her now and love her. Kind. I'm like, Oh my God, wow. is so dope. <laughs> like, so a good interview yeah, can change your whole entire perspective about a person. That is, yeah, that's entirely true. And you know what? A good interviewer can go into an interview interviewing somebody who they may not necessarily like. Yes. You know, because people yes. are people. <laughs> this is a real thing. So people's like brand celebrity persona can be very different from people's interview persona. Mm-hmm. Some people who are really funny, like and clever, you think that they're this one way, but then when you get them in the interview atmosphere, it's a little bit different. But I think a good interviewer is um, should be somebody who's capable of interviewing someone who they're not, t- you know, particularly favorable of. Yes, and still be respectful to them. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Okay, so oh, this is such a fun conversation so far. This is such a fun conversation. Okay. Yeah. Um, who are some of your dream interviews? Like, if you could pick people who, like, I want to interview these people, who would it be? Mm, I want to interview these people. Of course, Kanye. Um, yes. You know what? I really, really like Justin Bieber. I really okay. like for some reason, I really like Justin Bieber. Um, somebody else I would be fascinated to talk to, Deepak Chopra. Ooh, that's <laughs> a deep. That's a yeah. deep interview there. That's a deep one. <laughs> that's a deep one. Um, trying to think who are, Issa Rae would be a lot of fun. You mentioned her earlier. Um, trying to think of who else. Of course, you're asking me this now. I can't think. As soon as we get done, we'll be like, oh, this person. You're going to be like, this person, this person, this person. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, who else do I really, really like? I really like, let me think of my, some of my favorite famous people. Um, I don't know why I'm like literally drawing a blank. While you're thinking of more, I'll show you with some of mine. Okay. See if they stimulate your mind. So some of mine, hands down, my favorite basketball player ever, just business, everything he does is LeBron James. Oh, I feel like from his story of, you know, growing up without his father, growing up with his single mom, yes. um, 
what are the pressures of being a high school phenom, the pressures of navigating the NBA as the person or like, this is the next, this is the guy, the yeah. criticisms, the, how his, his family life, how he's, you know, no, that we know of no scandals. He's just like, I just feel like he, yeah, was no, that's a really interview. good one. No, that is yeah. a very, that's a really, really good interview. Um, he's a good one. He's uh, obviously, like you said, Kanye, um, it's Kanye. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, it's yeah. Like I watched Kanye interview. That's someone who I would love to see have a see have a podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I want that. We need Kanye. <laughs> you don't want a Kanye podcast? No, it would no, be everywhere. It would be everywhere. But <laughs> I would love to I would love to interview him. Um I would love to sit down with Angela Davis. I just love everything about Angela Davis. Um and I would really dive into the fact that you know, the black, when we talk about the Black Panther Party, we talk about Fred Hampton, we talk about Bobby Seale, we talk about, um, we talk about all the men, right? Eldridge Cleaver. That is very true. Um, but it was the women that were really doing the work. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Cleaver, Angela Davis. It was like, there were so many powerful women behind yes. the Yeah, you just reminded me of one if she was still alive, but definitely Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. Yeah, Love Maya Angelou. that's a good one. I didn't. I mean, I don't know if that's on my list on my Instagram or not. But I'm also an international spoken word artist. And okay. So for her as a poet is like, oh my god, yes, please. Oh, she would be great to sit. Yeah, down Nikki with. Giovanni too is up there. But yeah, great to sit down with. Oh my gosh, so many, just so many. I feel like my list would be like so many more dope black women. I was about to say mostly black people. <laughs> yeah, because like when you just start talking about it, it's like. It's mm-hmm. so many. Right. It's so many. Um, but yeah, uh Viola Davis would be an amazing Oh my interview. god, Viola's everything. Like she'd be an amazing interview. <laughs> um Michelle Obama would be an amazing interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause what is it like to be married to the most powerful man in America? What is that like? Exactly. And, to, and everything that you do is like Mike in oh, microscope. She did this. Oh, she did that. Oh, mm-hmm. she she look at her hair. Why is her hair so nice? Yeah. Well, like the microscope that the Obama family was underneath while they were mm-hmm. in there. Like you have a president now who's grown, son, right? <laughs> it's out here on like coke benders and like it's like whatever. When you had, I don't know if it was Sasha or Malia, but she was like yeah. smoking weed. And it was like, oh, this is the end of the world. How can right. he run the country if he's not taking care of his kids? And it's yep. just like, that's how they yeah. do us. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, that's how they do us. That's the that's the current state that we that we are currently operating in as a society, and it's very sad, but it's true. And Sean Carter, I think I would want to interview Sean Carter. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Oh. You don't think he would be a good interview? I think he would be. I think he would be a good. I feel like he does a really good job at um, controlling the interview. Yes, I think that whole family is that way. Because of that, I don't think he would be. Yeah. Because of that, because he's not he's not open. He's not um, open to like being. I know he's being vulnerable. I feel like he has. I feel like there's a disposition of like, I know I'm the goat. I know I'm going to, I'm going to try to say something that sounds goatish, so right. to speak. I don't right. think he's vulnerable enough to like be open to like having a breakthrough happen in the interview. I think Beyonce, Beehive, do not come for me. Yeah. Um, but Beyonce is definitely the same way. She's very yeah. man. They control the interview. They control the yeah. interview. And there's no, there's no um, way around that. Because even I, though it looks organic, there's producers, there's people mm-hmm. in the back, there's APR, like, yeah. Be like, can we talk about uh, Dame <laughs> Dash? And it'd be like, interview is over. <laughs> so how do you, have you, how would you navigate? Have you had any moments where yeah. yes. someone shuts yes. down on you? Yes. So I had to, I had the privilege of being able to interview um, Hollywood movie star, activist Tyrese in his house for an award show and 
it was for an award show. So this was kind of was this was the kind of interview where I'm behind the camera asking him questions. Mm -hmm. And so I have two people in my ear. I have one I have one team member in my ear who is um, <laughs> the producer. And then I have the other person in my ear who's from the network. And they're both telling me different things. Mm. Right. So, no, sorry. I have the director in the network. And then I also have his producer who's there in person. And so I have one person telling me, ask him this, ask him this, which is like the very controversial stuff. And the other person, you know, telling me, don't ask him this, don't ask him this. He can be very temperamental. <laughs> and really? so I'm like, okay, so I'm having two people literally like call me, texting me, asking this, asking this. And then the person's texting me, don't ask him that, don't touch on that. Right. And so you have to kind of figure out like, okay, as the expert, as the master interviewer, how do you kind of navigate that predicament? And um, you kind of do a little bit of both. And one thing that I do like to do, and this is this is a gym that I'm dropping for people. When you guys start interviewing people of high calibers is um, sometimes not asking a question can give you an answer about something. Mm. So by that, I mean, making a statement. Right. Because when you're in an interview, people don't like silence. So if you just say a statement about something, you leave space, you leave um, opportunity for that person to speak. And then if they want to explore even more, you can get what you're looking for. So I'll give you an example. Um, let's say, Micah, let's say you were, I don't know, let's say you were in a lot of controversy and we learned that you were basically... Um, stealing all of um i don't know let's just say you um I'm trying to think of something let's say you were stealing all of dave's um equipment or something okay right like you went and visited his new his new spot and you stole his equipment so instead of me asking you like so did you um did you steal dave's equipment something 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 i can just make a statement and then you can just fill in the blank so one example of that would be like, people are saying that you stole Dave's equipment. Got you. You see how it's not a question, but it's yes. like, you feel like you have to answer it. And then that's when you see those interviews and they're like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> you really can't believe everything that you hear. There's always yeah, so a narrative. Really like kind of positioning that person to go yes. into a topic without technically asking them. About yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. That was kind of like... um. We had it makes sense. So mm -hmm. I've been doing. I lo I love that you like laid it out like that because I've been doing it without necessarily knowing that I'm doing it. Like so, yeah. when I talked about Giovanni Samuels, when I talked with Giovanni Samuels, and it was like knowing that, um, knowing that she knew certain people in the industry. Like so, I wanted to talk about Orlando yeah. Brown. So I was like, hey, can we talk about like you know the darkness that's in the industry when it comes to child actors and then also knowing when to stop right so there was a whole thing where um what did you just say you said orlando brown yeah that's a good interview i think i would love to <laughs> i don't think i can have the patience for that <laughs> i think i would just pull just throw all my cars up and just have fun i think i just have fun with it it would definitely get you um views yeah, get you the views. That is very true. You can count on him to be entertaining at the bare minimum. So another question, right? So this happened to me. I'm going to see if you've experienced this. So another thing that I've learned is knowing when to pull back. So I wanted to ask a certain question about mm. the narrative that was around Hayden Panettiere. I think that's how you say her name. I've always messed her name up. She okay. was in like Heroes and she was the little um, Bring It On and she was the, 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 the little white girl from... Um, Remember the Titans, but her main thing that a lot of oh, people know her from is what, what, what happened with her? Well, apparently, you know, she came out uh, maybe a week or two ago talking about she had some issues with substance abuse products. I'm mean, not wow. product substance abuse problems, right? Okay. But what I always heard about her in the industry was that she was a mean girl, right? Hmm. She was a nasty person to work with. So I asked the question to Giovanni. I said, hey, can we talk about Hayden? Um, is the, tr you know, the rumors about her being a mean girl, is it true? Mm. So Giovanni, someone who's actually media trained, thank God, she yeah. said, what I will say is that she's hurting and mm -hmm. hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At that point, I said, okay, this is bigger than somebody being a mean girl. So yeah. let me pull back, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, 
Have you ever had those moments where you're in the middle of an interview and you really know that you want to get some tea, you want to get a certain answer, but the answer that they give you uh, makes you kind of just fall back a little bit? Mm, yes, I'm sure I have. But mine okay. more so not from controversy. They're more so from that person becoming uh, overwhelmed, over overcome emotionally. Mm. Um, and so I'm like, okay, um, this person's getting to like this is a this is a very emotional story, mm-hmm. and I can see that what I can see what it's doing to them physically. So let me mm. figure out how to kind of readjust like subtly um, to make sure that that person stays comfortable and uh, capable <laughs> of um, finishing out the interview. I love that because I love that. I, that's really good. And like once again, when I say she's a master interviewer, y'all, that's a real thing because. Thank you. If somebody gets too emotional, like you can't finish the interview. <laughs> and you have a job to do still. And like you need to get this content, right? Yes. And if you just keep going down this path with them, it's just like Yeah. Why? And you know what? If you if you keep um, you know, I don't it's it's weird. I have to figure out a clever word or way to say it, but you have to know how to um um you have to know how to pie and pry and pivot. Ooh. Right. It's kind of like you have to know how to like a quick pry and then pivot. Right. So it's like you want to, you know, you put it in their in their radar. Like I'm, I'm asking you really about this, but I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to code it with something else. But I'm really asking you about this. So being able to kind of know how to pry and know how to pivot, I think you'll be you'll be uh, in good hands. And you'll have a good interview if you can do both. Y'all, these are skills. I hope you package these skills at some point. I know I need to. Um. <laughs> But these are skills that I really feel that you all need to be listening to, that mm. you really need to be listening to. So, okay. So we've talked about the podcast. Can we real quick, actually, we're going to go on break. All right. You all are listening to Conversations for the Culture. My producer told me that I got to pay a bill and we want to keep the lights on. So we will be back after this. We're going to get right back to the conversation. But before we do, I need you to go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's Micah B. That's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's Micah B. Check it out. As you know, I'm a content creator, podcaster, TikToker, YouTuber, all of the above. If you want to support the work that I'm doing, if you want to support the content, if you want to donate to the show, if you want to give to the cause, just go to that website and throw a coffee my way, throw a couple of dollars my way and check it out. When you do that, it allows us to grow this show. It allows us to grow our YouTube. It allows us to grow the other platforms so we can continue to give you the best conversations that we can. Speaking of conversations... Let's get back to it. All right, y'all. You just heard that uh, that awesome ad about buy me a coffee. Make sure that you go ahead and, you know, buy your brother a coffee, all right? I like my mocha chocolate yatas. <laughs> so I want to talk to you, Nisha, about... Are you, wait, are you a real coffee drinker? I am. I'm not. I'm a fake coffee drinker. Well, what do you mean by real and fake? I like the idea of drinking coffee. I don't okay. really know coffee. Okay. So I will say this. I'm not like, I know the science of coffee like some people. Yeah. But I am a coffee drinker. But the caveat to that is I drink coffee like a suburban white woman, middle-aged <laughs> white woman. So it's definitely giving like... With oat milk and caramel, you know, car- <laughs> yeah, caramel ribbon crunch, um, frappuccino, um, yeah. or latte. I just do, I just do, regular, I just do my, French, my French vanilla. Yeah, oat milk, two pumps of toffee. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, will I get, just get a cup of coffee, a regular cup of coffee? Absolutely not. I do. That's me. Okay. See, I can't do that. I need all the fixings and the. <laughs> I'm sorry. Shout out to the coffee sponsor. Yes. Listen, that's why I didn't name a certain place. But um, okay. 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 Let's do this. So we talked about finding your niche with niche. Um, Make sure you all check that podcast out. I went ahead and dropped the link in the show notes for you all. Yes. Um, So, and while y'all looking at those show notes right now, while you're listening to this, do me a favor and just go ahead and, because you've gotten some gems 
So go ahead and rate and review this episode, please, and thank you. Okay, let's talk about Free Your Mind Productions. Um, what is that? Minds. Talk to me about Free Minds. I'm sorry, Free okay. Minds Productions. Can we talk yeah, about that? Absolutely. So, uh, kind of like you were saying at the beginning, the way that I like to refer myself to refer to myself is a Jill of all trades. So mm-hmm. I love all things media. I am in love with mass communication. Um, I am a producer, I am a videographer, I am a video editor, I'm a production manager, I'm a director. Uh, I love, I specifically do specialize in narrative storytelling. So I I love doing documentary stuff. I love telling true stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of that kind of encompassed me starting this production company, which is actually a bigger story of um, our parent company is called Freed Minds and then mm-hmm. it has legs. And one of the legs is Freed Minds Productions. But the overall message of the business of Freed Minds is to try to basically um, create opportunities for people to think differently and to think higher thoughts, to free their minds, right? So our motto is that life's breakthroughs are one thought away. Um, that you can be one thought away from literally having a breakthrough and changing the trajectory of your life. And so one of the ways that we do that right now is under the pillar of production, um, which is like content. And mm-hmm. so we try to, I try to, you know, you know I, I try to do content and create content that facilitates that same conversation of like, okay, how can I think differently? How can I think better? How can I become better? How can I become whole? Um, so yeah, so I do that through my production company. Um, I do a lot of different videos from brand stories to promos to reels to mini commercials. But my love comes in when I get to do a documentary or a docu-series, so. Yeah, that's my production company. And I was about to ask you about documentaries, so I'm so glad that you took it there. Um, you so you enjoy documentaries? Is that like I your enjoy work? making documentaries? That's what I mean. Yes, making them, not yes. watching them. <laughs> you know, it I has do. to be like a really, really good one. I'm not sitting around here watching doc, like every documentary that no, I'm right? But you enjoy making them? Absolutely. I love it because you know why? I like it for two reasons. Okay. You get a lot of creative liberties doing a documentary and -hmm. it's a lot less stressful because the story is contingent upon um, what happens. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, with the, with the film, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, structure. There's a lot of borders, but if I'm doing like, I love doing day in the life content. I do that for a couple of influencers out here in Atlanta of just following people um, and seeing what it takes. So that's what I really like doing those because you get to get a glimpse of what is what it takes to be that person. Yes. Because um, you get it, you know, you just get a deeper inside look at that. And so um, I like doing those because they're a lot of fun because it takes you a lot of places. I've been able to be on like private jets or, you know, mini mansions just because I'm following people in their lives. Like the other day I got to ride in, um, not the other day, but maybe a couple weeks ago. I got to ride in one of Neo Davis's cars. It's a blue one. Was it a Rolls Royce? What's the car? With, what's the car with the stars on the roof? That's outside of my pay grade. That's a, uh, no, it's a um. <laughs> what is the car? It's a. Uh, Liz, do you know? Is it a Wraith? It's a Wraith. He has so many cars. It's but anyways, crazy. I got to ride in one of his cars. So it's like it, it's really cool doing day in the life and documentary storytelling because you get to. If, luckily, if you're if you're doing day in the life of people who are affluent um, and successful, then you get to be a byproduct of that while you're shooting. So yeah, yeah, day in the life content is so dope. Like I love everything about mm-hmm. it. Um, and yeah, documentaries. Um, that's why it's so important to document everything. Yeah, everything is content. Um, document everything. Um, we saw that with the Genius documentary that came out. Mm-hmm. They were just walking around with their camera, just yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, and yeah. like, don't let people like shame you for always recording, always filming, always getting content. Because you know, you have people who don't do what we do. Because mm-hmm. there's people who go on social media and it's like, I am a content creator. This is what I do. And then there's people who's on social media and it's just like, hey, I have some spaghetti for lunch, and like, let me take a picture of it and post it. And that's cool. I like a mashup between both. Okay. <laughs> But a lot of times the people who are just doing it just so they could, you know, communicate with their friends, show their friends what they're doing or whatever, whatever, yeah. they don't get when you're out here and like, hold on, let me get this content. 
oh, hold on, let me do this. Hold on, yes. let me do that. Yes, it took my husband a, while, a long time to kind of get that. When I'm be like, take a picture. Let's look at me. He's like, why do you keep, I'm like, it's all content. Yeah, it's all content. You know, and then, but then there's times like, be in the moment. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. Facts. You're right. But then also the time, also though, right? 10 years from now, when you're on TV, you're the first black woman to host a late night TV show. Yeah. Has there been one? There's been two, but they flopped. It was um, Monique did one for a little oh, while. I wouldn't say that flopped. And not flopped, but, but like they just don't, yeah. they don't succeed long term. Yeah. So I was more so thinking like the Tonight Show. Yeah. Wouldn't it no, be amazing? They haven't been on that. They haven't wouldn't that be amazing? That would the be amazing. Show, the Late Show, like whatever, whatever. Yes. Um, Finding your niche with niche tonight. Boom. Yes. So for that, right? So let's say 10 years from now, 15, whatever the number is, right? You're there. All of the stuff that you filmed today, all the stuff that you filmed last month, the stuff yes. that you filmed last year, showing you, showing people when you first started, all of that's going to matter. So that's yep. why I always tell people, like, document everything. Because That is so true. Look, we point. never know. We never know. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited. So speaking of documentaries, okay, we kind of talked about some of your dream interviews, but if you could do a documentary on anybody, who would like who would you do a documentary on? Hmm. I definitely want to do some a documentary on somebody who travels. Um, a couple passion projects of mine, and I'm still working on the wording for this because I hate to use the word fascinated, but um <laughs> Because it's a weird thing to be. It's not, I'm not fascinated by it, but two of my passion projects. I'm very um, interested in how people become homeless um, mm. and how they navigate homelessness. Um, so I definitely like would love to do a doc documentary about that. I'm in Atlanta. So, I mean, just go on 75. Um, but there's a lot of risk to that, especially me being a female um, content creator. Yeah. So I'm trying to find the right people to partner with to be out there in the trenches, so to speak, talking to the people in that in that atmosphere. Um, but yeah, homelessness is a really passion project of mine. And then I also want to tell a really interesting story of getting perspectives and doing profiles on people who have actually lost their children mm. um, from different ways. Like I know, I know people who've lost their children from suicide. I know people who lost their children from drunk drivers, people who've lost their children from overdoses, but kind of like, um, getting an inside look at how that, what does that, are they keeping their room the same? There's, I went and visited somebody who um, had lost their wow. son and they still had, he had ordered pizza or asked for pizza um, like that, like a couple of days before and they still had the pizza box on his bed. So it's wow. like, I'm very, very interested in like, what is that? And like telling the story of, you know, how you can overcome uh, really like a catastrophe, like one of the worst things that could ever happen to you. Because that's a fear for so many that mm -hmm. their child goes before them. Yes. Like, so many people Nobody have that. wants that. It's not supposed to be that way. Right. And what it is, it's like, how do you still navigate life with um, joy? Ooh. Do you? You know? Do you? I love that. I think I resonate with, I resonate with documentaries, with stories mm -hmm. like that, because yeah. we, we see that type of stuff. Especially when you grow up in a community that might be, you know, there's violence, there's this, there's mm -hmm. the health business. I mean, we know people who've been killed because of gun violence and gang violence, right? We know people who've been killed due to drugs because drugs are so prevalent. Then we know people who've lost their lives due to, you know, early strokes and heart attacks because um, obviously our neighborhoods, we don't have access to healthy food. So like mm -hmm. whenever like I see documentaries like that, I like really resonate with those. I feel like yeah. we need more stories. And I like that you're, that you want to tell those type of stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Drugs, drugs is another one that I'm just like, man. Yeah. I just, I just wish they didn't exist. Like they have a strong, their stronghold for a lot of people. Ooh, and so telling that story about... of like, you know, talking to addicts and stuff. I've always been very interested in learning that. World. You know, I want one documentary and hey, if I if I do I want to put it out here? <laughs> you know how people be. I'll yeah. do it, whatever. If if it's meant to be for me to do, it'll be do, uh for me to do. Um I love hip hop, right? And Ooh, same. And I'm 36 now, so I just turned 36 or whatever. Um so, you know, I but I love all hip hop, right? I love the stuff that I grew up on. Yep. 
Me and you are what like J. Cole says, middle child, big bro, little bro, all at once. We're the same. Yeah. I'll be 34 next month. But okay, see, so we're yeah. in that like age group where we can and like I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, the new kid. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> like, I hate that because they did that to us, right? Yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, I was listening to Tupac. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm listening to like these people, Kanye. But one thing that I want to do like a documentary on is like a lot of these young kids and what they call it is like the drug rap culture. Like it, like I read a lot of their stories. Um, I really got into like reading about them after um XXX uh Tanashi yeah, had yes, yes. died. And then I started like listening into like really looking into them, and like these kids are really talented, right? Yes. But then it's like, oh my God, they're like super depressed. And you think yeah. of like all people see is like, oh, the drugs. But like when you like listening to the music, they're talking about like being molested. They're talking about like, mm -hmm. you know, growing up and seeing their family members and just like all this like traumatic stuff. And it's like, yes. I would love to see like that world really unpacked yeah. and explored. Because yeah, there's a documentary that I watched. I can't remember the name of the rapper, but he did have a drug overdose. And there's a short um, documentary about him. And there's also a really good one on Kid Cudi. Um, yeah. yeah. That one was decent, too. And it gives you, like, an inside look about, like, um, just their lifestyle and what comes with yeah. it. Um, and the responsibility that they feel like they have. Yeah. Um, and how lonely it is, you know, in spite of... I think worldwide and global success, yeah, still be lonely is something that's like definitely is worth exploration because it's, it's a weird paradox. Because even our kids now, they're like popping pills and like all of this stuff, and it's like they're just walking around here depressed and yes, and, like, and numb, <laughs> and yeah, depressed and numb. And it's just like, wow, like how did we, like, Very sad. yeah, it's definitely something to look into. Document, yeah. I love documentaries. Yeah, those are fun things to do. Um, so I don't know if I asked it or missed it. So you went to school, right? I did. I went to school, graduated with honors. I got my degree in mass communications. I graduated okay. from the HBCU, Savannah State. Um, I, I student of the year, um, documentary of of the year for the film festival. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I, I, yeah, it's a document. It's a mass communications with the focus in um. Audio and video production. So you're doing what you went to school for. I am. Okay. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people who go to school for one thing, and then there's like, especially when you get into this world of. Oh yeah, I know. And, and you, you fall know into it. I, you know what? I'll tell you what it has to do with. It has to do with me knowing my niche and my calling mm -hmm. at a very early, early at a very early age. So I've been able to be very specific and intentional and um, I love that. purposeful. With all that. the things that I try to do. So, yeah. I love that so much. Wow. This has been good. This has been good. So, I got one more question for you, okay? Okay. I ask this with everybody. So, five years from now. Five years from now, when we invite you back to the show, when we're going to be in, in front of our live studio audience, yes. things of that sort, right? And we say, hey, come by. Let's talk. It's been a while. Where will you be? What will you be talking about? What will you be promoting? What will be going on in your life five years from now? So, the cool thing about this business or at least about my my podcast is that it has as a lot of uh, margin to become a, a really really successful business brand um because i can do a lot around it so hopefully my goal is to not only be you know more successful with the podcast you know more interviews more successful interviews with other prominent people that's one thing but i can broaden it out and i can be doing a finding your niche with niche workshop finding your niche with niche conference or i can partner with other people and come on and do public speaking mm. about how you can find your niche. And then, you know, always, you know, turn it back around and, and plug the podcast. But ultimately, I want to be in a position to where I can be leading the conversation um, globally, domestically, um, of that you should find your niche, that you should find your purpose on different platforms and different stages. So in five years, I would love to be on TV. Okay. One, doing that. And then two, I would love to be known as, um, a pretty successful speaker who speaks on the topic of finding your niche. All so, right. Yeah, those are my two goals. And obviously have products, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the things. <laughs> I love that. Y'all, listen. Yeah. 
You guys got a master class today. You all got some gems. I really hope that you're like just not listening to these um, episodes and just be like, oh, that was good. I'm like, I'm big on I'm big on the poor, right? Anybody who knows me knows that I love to pour into people. But what I don't love is people who just receive a pour and do nothing with it. Yeah. That's so good. like, I need y'all to listen to the different things that you heard today and implement. Implement, implement, implement. If you just implement one thing, it could really transform the trajectory of your whole entire life, your whole entire business, whatever your situation is that you got going on. So I want to thank you for coming by today. Uh, This has been an awesome conversation. Uh, Where can the people find you? You guys can find me on Instagram, finding your niche, N-E-I-S-H, finding your niche, spelled that way. Um, You guys could also, you know, finding your niche on all all podcast streaming platforms and finding your niche on YouTube. Um, you can find me in Atlanta in the A at my studio. <laughs> if you want to come or if you are already here in Atlanta and you want to create content, um, if you're a female entrepreneur and you want to shoot video with other females because you feel comfortable with them, please call me. I would love to shoot your content at my studio in Midtown at Silhouette Midtown. So definitely reach out to me on Instagram if you would like to do that. Um, if you want to start a podcast, you can do that as well on my podcast. I mean, in my studio as well. So just reach out to me because we've got equipment and stuff like that. But yeah, I think uh, mostly I'm predominantly on Instagram. So if okay. you really want to get in touch with me, IG. Dope. Well, y'all heard it here. Um, if y'all are in Atlanta and you know, you're, you're a woman, make sure that you really uh, tap into that because uh, I love to see that support that you're offering. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Fun. We're going to definitely have to continue to uh, build and collaborate on. I got a couple ideas that I'm going to kick your way. Kind of the stuff that you're talking about is kind of, we'll talk offline. Okay. We've already given people enough to uh, steal <laughs> and fight <swipe> today. <laughs> right. All right, y'all. This has been another episode of Conversations for the Culture. I appreciate y'all. As you go, as you guys navigate throughout your week, don't forget to have the conversations. We will see you next time. Peace.